Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Get Real, How to Live a More Authentic Life with Dr. Barry Weinhold. My name is Ben Barber. Dr. Barry, how are you today? Well, I'm in a kind of pensive mood. I had my annual physical and uh, came away with a few uh, issues that I have to work on. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about how I'm going to do that. Uh, they found, uh, which I knew and I, I've had probably all my life, I have an irregular heartbeat. But it's regular. It, it it is irregularly irregular. It 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 isn't the norm the normal kind of heartbeat. But it it's it. There's no variation, and it doesn't go, you know, faster than slow. It it stays at the same rhythm the whole way through. And, and so uh, the doc kind of scared me about it. You know, this is can cause blood clots, can cause a stroke, and all this stuff. And well. I've lived with this all my life, probably. I, I didn't know I had an irregular heartbeat until maybe oh, about 10 years ago. I, I got a physical and they said that. And I've been living with it. And uh, But I thought now I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to, I have a friend who's uh, going to be working with me on, uh, uh, she says that she thinks that uh, some of the causes of irregular heartbeat are nutritional deficiencies. And she's recommending some nutritional supplements that I take that might, and she's got, she wires you up and and and, and can print out your heart rate, a heartbeat right on a screen for you. So she can take me from before, when before I took my supplements a couple of weeks ago to, she's coming on again on Thursday to do this. She comes to my house, thank goodness. And, and, and she's going to wire me up and um, and check my heart rate and see if it's any change. And and if it's not, then she'll have other recommendations of supplements. She gave me two that I, I started taking. So I'm, I'm already in the treatment stage of, of dealing with the problem. Even before I had the physical, I had that, that uh, I was underway with that. So I wasn't surprised to hear that. But uh, the way the doc talked about it, I thought, well, maybe I should be more serious about this. Uh, it may be more of a problem than I realized. So I'm going to uh, talk with uh, uh, with her about this and see if we can we can correct it nutritionally. And, and if not, then I'll go to the next level. I have another uh, practitioner that I, I will go to, and uh, and he will give me recommendations on how I can maybe regulate my irregular heartbeat. <laughs> So it's it's just a, another kind of interesting kind of uh, uh, thing to focus on in your life, uh, and uh, and I also had a blood test done, and pretty much everything was normal. And I had a comparison with last year, and it's pretty much the same as last year. So I'm not losing ground or gaining ground in any kind of of the markers that they test on a blood test. And, uh, uh, so I'm, I felt good about that. Well. Um... Good. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad that you're doing well, all things considered. And hopefully, you know, uh, this works. And, and, uh, and we we want uh, we want Barry around for another for another uh, 70, 90, 120 years. Uh, well, whatever. Uh, whatever. No, 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 no. You need to be 253. Well, actually, you, you know, uh, that, that's interesting. You should mention that because there's a biological formula that 
that uh, is supposed to really accurately determine the lifespan of particularly mammals. And it's uh, 20 years, uh, wait, uh, yeah, 20 years uh, times the time between, from the time you were born until you can reproduce. So for most people, that's about 12 or 13. So you take that times 20 and what do you get? 240 years. That's, wow. that's what the normal uh, lifespan should be for humans if we didn't do damage to our body so much and didn't get so many environmental pollutants in our in our system. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I found that to be very interesting. And, and that, that, that holds true for dogs and cats and, and other mammals that, uh, wow. that they live that, that that's how they determine their lifespan. And it's pretty accurate for that. You know, one of the uh, one of the things that slows us down as human beings is stress. And sometimes, some sometimes, Barry, uh, we are stressed because our inner demons are preventing us from creating an authentic relationship. But uh, you wrote a book some time ago to to help us with that. And that book is called Intimate Combat, yeah. Conflict Resolution Skills for Couples. Yeah, I tried to put in that book everything I learned in 45 years of work with couples. And, uh, and I think I mentioned that the two major factors that I saw were that uh, couples didn't know why they were upset. They were often upset for the reason they, 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 not for the reason they thought they were. And then second of all, they didn't have skills. And so I put both of those in this book, uh, ways to process why you're upset in a, in a conflict and, we'll, and ferret out what might be bleeding through from, from past conflicts that were unresolved and are now showing up in the current one, which makes it much more difficult to resolve. And then also some good skill building exercises in the book. So, yeah, and I'm working on a new book uh, and uh, I, I'm now thinking about, this might be the title of the book. What is your psyche? Your psych intelligence, your psychological intelligence. And uh, the book is about uh, how to live a more authentic life, but it's also about how to uh, tame your demons. And, uh, and I think, Obviously, our demons, which we think of as demons, are, in my way of looking at it, is nothing more than unlearned behaviors or mislearned behaviors. And we simply can either learn them if we unlearn, if we didn't learn them, and we can unlearn what we mislearned and learn something new that's that fits that fits us and, and supports us. But all of that requires uh, a high level of self-awareness, self-reflection and some self-correction. And I, I know our guest is going to talk about that next uh, in the next episode, about how she used and uh, increased her psyche uh, and, and the work she did with me. So I, th I think that's the first step in, in uh, uh, trying to build an a, 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 a authentic relationship. We have to, first of all, kind of build a relationship with these inner demons because only about five percent of what we've learned or unlearned or experienced in our life is conscious the rest of it's in our unconscious behavior and so we have to find a way to build relationship with our unconscious to to connect with these demons i have a phrase that i use and i think it really fits 
I said, if you can name it, you can tame it. And and really, that means if you can name what the inner demon is that's that's causing you a problem, then you have a, you're on the way to taming it. And and because so many times we don't know, we don't have the relationship with these unconscious forces and feelings and and experiences that show up often at inopportune times in our lives and complicate our lives. So uh, that's the first step in building an authentic relationship is is getting more acquainted with your inner self, your in, your unconscious, and learning to name the things that you want to tame. And and once you've named it, sometimes that's that's ninety percent of the, the battle. And I mean, just even knowing that uh, that they're not causing you to that they don't make you a bad person. They don't mean that they don't cause you to be something wrong with you. They're just simply unlearned or mislearned behavior. That's all. And they're not that hard to change when you, when you think about them in that context. So anything that, but what happens to people so frequently is they get triggered by a memory of something that happened to them in the past that was unpleasant or unlearned or, or mislearned. And immediately they try to shut that out. They try to do everything they can possibly do to avoid even thinking about it or feeling it. Uh, they go uh, drink, have have a drink, or uh, smoke some dope, or they they go eat some comfort food, or they they go work harder. Get um, some people are exercise addicts, and they they just go to the gym more often. And and I mean, there are just all kinds of ways that people avoid looking facing their their own inner demons and saying oh it's only just unlearned behavior or mislearned behavior it's not anything big deal nothing i need to run away from but that's that's what i mean by increasing your psyche you have to understand what these things are and understand how how your psychology works and once you do that it's a lot easier to 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 tame them and and so the i mean the the main things that uh, 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 I say is, if you just remember that, that, uh, that these are not terribly awful things that you have to hide from. They're just simply parts of you that you haven't quite integrated yet. And if you can look at it that way, I say every time you have an incident like this and your reaction is like this, that's an opportunity to learn something. You know, new about yourself. But most people, when that happens, they run away. They do something to, to try to distract themselves or avoid even thinking or feeling about what they're reacting to. So that's that's what I'm calling a psyche, ability to really understand the real true meaning of what our, our behavior and our feelings and our thoughts tell us. So anyway, that's, uh, and there's a kind of a, a, a example of that. Uh, and also I've noticed that uh, in relationships, uh, uh, sometimes the relationship is this far apart and, and it's, everybody's comfortable with that and, and nothing happens that, that disrupts it. And then they get a little closer to each other and more intimacy develops. And guess what happens when that happens? More conflict more of the inner demons show up. Why? Because in our 
and and when we grew up, we had these relationships with our parents and other adults that where we sometimes had unlearned or mislearned behaviors or thoughts and feelings that we got. And the closer the relationship, the more powerful they are. And so that's why they'll show up again in close relationships as, a, as an adult. So that's often pretty scary. I mean, I've had couples say, gee, when we got together, we could agree on everything, but now we can't even agree on the time of day, <laughs> you know? And, and that's simply their inner demons showing up because the relationship got closer. What I usually say to them, well, congratulations. They look at me like I'm crazy. And I explain the reason they're showing up is that you now are close enough and the relationship is safe enough for them to show up. And other uh, before that, it, the relationship just wasn't close enough and safe enough for you to even let those demons out of the closet. So anyway, uh, the illustration I usually use is uh, when a toddler is exploring his or her environment, uh, they are toddlers tend to uh, try to uh, often stick things in their mouth or they stick their fingers in things. So sometimes a toddler will see a wall socket and they'll stick their finger in it and they'll get a shock. What's the next thing they do? Try to stick their finger in it again? Yeah. Why would they do that? Because they're trying to learn what the connection is between sticking my finger in that wall socket and what happens. So we have to repeat things sometimes to really get it. We don't understand it the first time it happens. And so we, we have it happen again, or we make it happen again. So we really complete the understanding of it. And therefore it's no longer a big issue. So I don't ever have to stick my finger in a wall socket again. I know what happens. <laughs> so anyway, um, um, I, I have basically, um, uh, looked at in the first uh, last episode, the, the whole idea of shifting from a competitive to a com to cooperative relationship. And I, I kind of went over that a little bit, but I want to look dig a little deeper into that because I find that to be extremely important in building an authentic relationship. So I think we have a chart for that. Yeah, here we are. And it's a comparison between what a competitive and a cooperative relationship might look like. And uh, first of all, typically in a competitive relationship, we use win-lose or lose-lose conflict resolution methods, the methods we grew up with that didn't work very well. So in a cooperative relationship, there's an agreement to re resolve conflicts where both people feel their needs are met. And that's 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 becomes a kind of an unwritten rule that any conflict we have doesn't get resolved completely until we both feel our needs got met somehow in this. And then uh, people who are in a competitive relationship often use threats or force uh, of th force or threats of force to get their needs met. And then of course, in, in a cooperative relationship, the force of unconditional love and to encourage connecting in order to get needs met and cooperating. Uh, in competitive relationships, some of them, not all of them, the women are treated and children are treated as property by the men in the, in the relationship. And in, in a cooperative relationship, that doesn't exist. Uh, women and children are equals in all ways as unique individuals. And then uh, um, we talked about uh, uh, closing the exits as one of the important things. In, and this is, again, 
uh, in a competitive relationship, often there are uh, built-in exits that each person uses to avoid intimacy and conflict. And then in a cooperative relationships, all conflicts can be addressed directly and the exits are closed. And then relying on inequalities of power, as well as more in the cooperative, more equal power and decision-making. And that's that's a big issue sometimes. Uh, I have one couple right now that's really struggling with this one. Oh, it's so painful to watch them struggle with it because he's, he's uh, good at uh, finances and she isn't. And, and I keep telling him, you got to bring her up to speed. <laughs> help her help her know what you're doing instead of just telling her what you're doing. And he's having a hard time with that. And then some threats of violence. I talked about that earlier. Uh, rigid gender roles, which again, I said, this is changing greatly in new and young people's relationships. And that's great. And then uh, act on fears that create separation and they flee a flight from intimacy. Uh, people don't, they're afraid to be close to each other. I wrote a book about that called The Flight from Intimacy. And it's all about the defenses that people have about being close to each other because of the, the uh, abuse they experienced growing up. So instead using hope, unconditional love and compassion to create and sustain intimacy. And then using codependent, counterdependent behaviors to create separation uh, and supporting independent, interdependent behaviors, which I remember, uh, if you remember in last episode or two episodes ago, we talked about the stages of relationship. So it moves it from a lower stages to a higher stages of relationship. Control, manipulation, deception in communication, not being emotionally honest and direct in your communication of needs, uh, focusing on money and power, and, and then a focus on more higher order behaviors of connection. Uh, like, uh, and again, uh, thinking about a need as our need rather than, uh, I mean, I have this couple who have trouble. She wants uh, something for the house and he thinks it's her need. I said, no, that's an our need because you're both living in the house. <laughs> and and it, even though she, she seems to have a, more of a need for that than you do, you have to probably uh, let her have her need and, and take by the item that she wants for the house because it improves uh, the, the, the our connection in the, in the relationship. So anyway, focusing on um, being defensive and self-protective, which we talked about a number of times in, in the last couple of episodes, and instead following a path, uh, a direct path of learning and discovery and acting in non-defensive ways to each other, toward each other, focusing on the needs of the individual uh, and not the relationship in, in, and this is what I was just talking about, uh, my needs versus your needs in a competitive relationship. So in a cooperative relationship, value both needs of each individual and the needs of the relationship. Focusing is on meeting our needs for this relationship. And that sometimes means I may have to uh, give up a little bit of my needs. And then uh, in competitive relationships, there's an avoidance of looking at any unresolved issues that show up in the relationship. And often those are projected on the partner and it causes a lot of conflict. So, and then 
in a cooperative relationship, there's a commitment to resolve the, any past issues that show up in the relationship and own each of us owning our part of what caused this conflict. So those are kind of the more specific things that, but uh, I think it is a, a shift from my needs and your needs to our needs. And I think that's an important shift in many relationships and building a partnership and a cooperative relationship. So what do you think? I, these uh, these charts and self-assessments and everything that you give every episode are so um, there's they're so incredibly insightful and helpful and the fact that uh, that you can you know just click the link and download all of them and keep them for yourselves to to, to look over as resources I think are uh, I think that that's just incredible um, the you know a lot of it a lot of it rings true. Um, and and when you when you listen when you when you list off stuff like that you start uh, you start thinking and comparing everything to everything right so like you start comparing it to your relationships yeah. and to the relationships of the people around you and um, and uh, you know I think that everybody is probably somewhere in the middle with those sure yeah <laughs> you know like in some categories you're pretty good in other categories you might be combative yeah. But I mean, it, it may give you a sense of what you still need to work on. Yeah. Well, like you said in the in the stages episode, um, right? You're you're never fully in one stage. Right. Yeah. So there's always a lagging behind in some area that didn't get quite caught up yet. Yep. So in many way, many cases, couples can be in all stages of, at at one moment in one moment, they, or they can regress back to the first stage of their relationship where basic trust is an issue. Like yep. you just did something that violated my trust. And uh, I talk about betrayal in relationship, which actually has a theme we haven't really co covered. And I may want to do a, a whole series on betrayal because it's a big part of, of uh, how trust can be broken and or, or damaged in relationship and how, 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 destructive that is and how hard it sometimes is for couples to rebuild trust once it's damaged or broken. And uh, that ought to be a, a topic I think we may spend some time with. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there anything, uh, is there anything else on this topic that you'd like to cover before we get into what next week episode is about? Yeah, no, next week is I'm excited because uh, we have a guest Cassidy on and she's going to tell what, she did in her relationship to tame her demons. <laughs> it should be, it should be great. Um, yeah, I got to get, got to meet Cassidy for, for a few minutes and I can't wait for that conversation. And I can't wait for all of you to hear that conversation. Um, it's, it's, it's nice when you're, uh, when your clients come on and they, and they talk about, uh, these real life impacts of what we're talking about every week. Yeah. I think it makes it real. Uh, I mean, it just, I can talk about this and it sounds like theory, but, when somebody talks about how it's affected their lives, it's pretty real. Absolutely. She, well, she do that. Uh, well, thank you so much, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're doing well. And um, we'll see you. We'll see you next week to okay. uh, to talk to Cassidy on yeah. uh, Get Real. Have a good week. I'll see you next week. I'm anxious to hear the interview with her. Me too. All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.
For more information, please visit the Colorado Institute for Conflict Resolution and Creative Leadership at CICRCL.org or click the link in the show notes.